Oh, it's like that movie. What movie? An Affair to Remember. Did you ever see it? Oh, God. Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. Is a car a Kerr? Kerr. Car. Okay. She's going to meet him at the top of the Empire State Building. Only she got hit by a taxi. And he waited and waited. And it was raining, I think. And then she's too proud to tell him that she's uh, crippled. And he's too proud to find out why she doesn't come. But he comes to see her anyway. I forget why, but oh. Oh, it's so amazing when he comes to see her. Because he doesn't even notice that she doesn't get up to say hello. And he's very bitter. And you'd think that he's just gonna walk out the door and never know why. She's just lying there, you know, like on the couch with this blanket over her shriveled little legs. And well, you all right? She's fine. And suddenly he goes, I always saw the painting. And he, he like goes to the bedroom. And he looks and he comes out and he looks at her and he kind of just, they know, and then they hug, and it's oh, God. That's a chick's movie. You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. If everything goes right, and I mean for both of us, in six months, here, I started to write it out. Should I read it now? Mm -hmm. All right. Darling, that's me? Mm Mm-hmm. You have a date, my beloved, July the 1st at 5 o'clock. But you don't say where. Well, you name the place and I'll obey. I don't know. I can't think. How about the top of the Empire State Building? Oh, yes, that's perfect. It's the nearest thing to heaven we have in New York. The 102nd floor. And don't forget to take the elevator. (laughs) No, I won't. Wrapping up our 2017 year and uh, beginning 2018, depending when this is uh, released, we are going to be covering An Affair to Remember, uh, the uh, 1957 comedy romance, along with Sleepless in Seattle that came out in 1993. Um, This one was an interesting pairing, Uh, An Affair to Remember. Is not a movie that, uh, I, I watched growing up or anything like that. And honestly, I always mixed it up with, gosh, there's a, there's another one I feel that takes place on Titanic. Uh, the end not, of the is affair. Is it a night to remember? Oh. Is the, I think is the, I think that's the famous Titanic movie before James Cameron's Titanic. I don't know when that came out. Right. But yeah. And then the end of the affair, I feel like, uh, it's Julianne Moore. That's from yeah, the 90s. Yeah. So that was, a. Uh, but also, this is a remake itself, which it is. I didn't know. The love affair. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. That. I thought this was the original. And then you mentioned uh, the 1994, I believe, Warren Beatty remake of it, which kept the original's title. So uh, basically, if we enjoy this and our listeners enjoy this, we could actually do another episode with two separate movies, both called Love Affair, is what I've discovered. Yeah. It's kind of like The Longest Yard. We're, we're starting to f- figure out that there's all these uh, other remakes, and apparently there is a Bollywood version of uh, An Affair to Remember. So, so maybe we could get a that. third episode out of this if we really, if we really perhaps, want to. Perhaps, perhaps, if people really <laughs> want it. 
Um, so yeah, Leo McCary, kind of like Alfred Hitchcock, he did Love Affair and then remade it himself. Um, as I understand it, you know, a, a lot of the, the key points and plot and stuff is still very, very similar. Um, I don't know the exact differences, obviously, because I didn't watch it, but that would be a really interesting pairing too, because again, another director doing his own movie. So and I want one more shot at this. I'll, I'll take another crack at it. And, um, <laughs> we have the, the Hitchcock episode is one of our earlier ones, the, the man who knew too much. And I believe you and I disagreed on that as far as I think I like the original and you like the remake of his own material. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that says about us, but we'll see. We'll see this time how it comes down. Cause I think you and I both probably have some experience with sleepless in Seattle, but this is a first time watch for me. A fair, an affair to remember. I'm like one of the guys in sleepless in Seattle that they're making fun of. That's like, I believe right. Rosie O'Donnell has the line, like men never get this movie. Uh, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks, you know, real life wife plays a character who has a monologue, like where she breaks down crying, talking about it. Meg Ryan loves it. And honestly, Probably not the intention of Sleepless in Seattle, but as a kid, I was like, oh, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to watch that movie because it's apparently just for chicks and look what it does to them. So yeah, I was more like the Tom Hanks character, I guess, in this that I had no, no interest in watching the fair to remember, but it turns out I liked it. So I hope you did too, Peter. I, I really enjoyed it actually. Um, you know, I was probably more on the women's side. I, I, I would say. Were you, you know, weeping? Were you bawling during it? I, I might have, I might have. It, you know, I, I, uh, at one point the movie did break me towards the end there. Uh, I think it was when Cary Grant walks into the room and obviously on the face, you, you can tell. It's a great reaction shot. He's looking. That, when he sees yeah. the thing, oh my God. It's like, I, I didn't, I was like, Cary Grant was just like, he's just like George Clooney, like just a funny, handsome guy that always has something sharp to say. And, uh, you actually get to see this man act a little bit. I mean, that's a, that's a really, maybe because it's Cary Grant, it's really stunning to see him sort of, have that recognition of what's happened to this this woman that he loves. Yeah, it's a great reveal. Um, I, I yeah thoroughly enjoyed the the movie myself. I mean, so much so that I wouldn't even mind doing maybe the original Love Affair with the remake Love Affair. You know, that way we're not doing like you know the same movies. Should we tell? We should probably tell people who haven't if they've not seen this uh, what's about uh, a little bit an affair to remember. Unless we just want to play no, the play there. the clip of Sleepless in <laughs> Seattle, which yet again may give them the wrong impression that this is a movie they shouldn't watch. They absolutely should watch it. It's a good movie. So yeah, take it away with an affair to remember. Uh, an affair to remember. Uh, this one directed by uh, Leo McCary, uh, starring Cary Grant, uh, who plays Nikki, and Deborah Kerr, who plays um, Terry McKay. Yeah, because we just did like this is our second back-to-back Cary Grant movie, right? Yeah, what's wrong with that? It's great. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> n- nothing at all. You know, I didn't want to mix the names. I always called her Julia. Um, so these two, they meet on a cruise on a ship. Uh, both happen to be dating other people, but uh, formed this relationship on the ship. Uh, Carrie Grant, who plays, uh, again, Nikki, takes uh, Terry to go meet his grandmother in France. And there they have a, a bit of a special bond. And, and then on their return to the mainland, they decide that in six months, because they had fallen in love, that they will decide to marry, meet up on the Empire State Building, and if one doesn't show up, it is the life, c'est la vie. And then, uh, you know, we'll get into, you know, what kind of happens, a uh, little bit of twist of fate. I don't, I don't know if you want to call that. Um, Very cruel. You know, fate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, karma. I, I don't know. I, we, we don't know exactly what happens, but, um, there's a little bit of twist at the end. 
And uh, this movie inspires uh, Sleepless in Seattle. So this isn't a direct remake, but uh, an inspiration. No, but in the, in Sleepless in Seattle, the, the characters, in particular Meg Ryan's character, who uh, in this this film, Tom Hanks plays a uh, widower whose uh, son pretty much kind of forces him in to uh, to try and to find love again. He's uh, he's the one that calls a radio station talking about his. Um, his, his dad's sort of sadness, uh, loss of his mother, his dad's loss of his wife. And, uh, Meg Ryan is a character who is engaged, uh, newly engaged to, <laughs> to poor, uh, Bill Pullman here, who is, I guess, the most understanding man who is going to be rejected <laughs> repeatedly, uh, plays Walter. Meg Ryan, uh, plays Annie. And as she's driving from one, holiday event with her fiance to the next she uh listens to tom hanks character of sam talk about his his wife and really where his life is and sort of his expectations for for love going forward and uh she I don't know, becomes obsessed would that be too strong of a word she becomes very interested in uh what's going to happen with this guy and her friends are also equally interested and so she uses very old-fashioned uh, Sandra Bullock style the net early nineties, uh, yeah. <laughs> internet tracking to find him down. There's no Facebook to just look this guy up or Google search. And, um, she goes to Seattle to, uh, to, to meet this guy. And one big difference, which I guess we can get into between this and a fair to remember is even though the, the characters and the films very heavily inspired by it, they reference it all the time. Unlike a, an affair to remember, uh, they keep our characters apart. Like they have very minimal interactions. I believe Tom Hanks looks across the street at Meg Ryan and sees her in an airport, but no actual conversation, no plans to meet up. And, uh, that's all established without them actually really knowing each other as far as this, this empire state building, uh, business. Whereas in a fair to remember, they really get to know they're stuck on a ship together and they really like develop a relationship and then it's taken away. So which one do you like better, Peter? Do you, do you like, the characters having this romance and then it being like taken from them or this like slow burn where we're waiting to finally see these, these people meet up for the first time. Uh, I prefer an affair to remember. I do enjoy the characters interacting and I think that's kind of one of the things with uh, sleepless in Seattle. And first and foremost, I do enjoy both movies. Um, sleepless in Seattle. I actually reviewed uh, earlier this year, on my other show, Podstalgic, you know, never so heard a of full it. review there. Never heard of it. <laughs> you might, well, it's been a while since you've been a guest, so you've probably forgotten about it. Um, but Sleepless in Seattle, I do enjoy that as well. Uh, you know, when I reviewed it for my show, it was my first time watching the movie. And right, so you missed out on it in the uh, the nineties. Yeah, rom com. Uh, that, that's kind of strange because I, I even I watched it as a kid. And I don't know if it was Forrest Gump. I was like big into Tom Hanks, you know, at the time, but it. It did get me checked out, but uh, this time it made me realize how long it had been. I think I've only seen it a few times in my life. This is not one I revisit a lot, even though I, I do like this film. I think it was Forrest Gump that kind of made me uh, start watching Tom Hanks movies uh, a little bit more. He wasn't, you know, at, at that young of an age, I didn't have characters or actors that I, I felt were bankable. You know, I was a kid. Uh, at, at that time, I really only knew Tom Hanks for, like, Dragnet. I, I hadn't seen, like, Money Pit and... Uh, what bachelor or whatever? So big, what about I big. Didn't... Oh well, big, yeah, but that came... mm. big didn't do it for you, huh? You're you're a very discerning no, child. Is... You're like, nope, none of that, <laughs> none of those shenanigans. 
Big is one of my favorites. Um, but I don't know. I he he wasn't like a favorite actor of mine yet. You know, I think Forrest Gump is really what it was. But even then, you know, um, I I don't know what it was because I do love Meg Ryan too. She's definitely one of my favorite gems. I loved her in Inner Space that came out in 1987. Also, a movie I reviewed, but. Reviewing these two movies together and seeing the chemistry between Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr, I was very surprised having watching Sleepless in Seattle to see that they spent very little time, you know, on screen together. I think what was it tw- not even two minutes or it's something ridiculous, right? That um, the, the the few moments that they have together. Only in single digits uh, in terms of minutes. Something they would fix with You've Got Mail when they they repaired them again. Yeah, uh, a movie I have not watched, and uh, many say that that's the better movie. It is so fun. I, I definitely, that's the one I rewatch yeah. at least once a year. That's I, I don't know, but it, I felt like Sleepless in Seattle got better reviews than You've Got hmm. Mail. I felt like critically, this one was held in higher esteem. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I would definitely go with You've Got Mail. But as you said, you get more Hanks and Ryan together, and it's yeah. more you know combative. There's more bantering. And- so, so that's really the only leg up that uh, an affair uh, to remember has. I, I feel you know you get the two leads. Um, you know that's their movie together. Uh, this one was very enjoyable for me. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I love all the supporting cast. Uh, but you know you really want to see them together. And I don't know. I, I think also when I first watched it, I was like, man, this movie really promotes like not having an affair, but it's you know she um. Meg Ryan's character, she's already engaged. And Bill Pullman, you just feel bad for the guy because he's just a nice guy. such a nice yeah. guy. He's just a nice guy. And so what? He's got allergies and, you know, tells bad jokes. He's a little of a dork, kind of, but he's very sweet. A, a huge dork. And I just love that scene where Meg Ryan's like, oh, he said the funniest thing last night. Oh, now what was it? Oh, gosh, it was so funny. I can't remember. It, it, you know, that was hilarious, too. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess she just got bored of his character. You know, they, they're, they're doing everything by muscle memory. Like, you know, how they, uh, prepare to go to bed with each other. It's not very passionate. I mean, that's, you know, that you're, you're looking for. And I thought that was interesting with an affair to remember because I kind of expected, uh, similar, I guess, you know, uh, fiance types. But, you know, Cary Grant, um, he's going to marry, I, I believe, was it? Six hundred million dollars. I can't remember what the number was. It was something. I mean, it might as well have been like a trillion in 1957 money. It was something insane. Like he's sure they, they set up. He is going to marry this this heiress of this great fortune in America. And I didn't feel like she got the Bill Pullman treatment at all. I mean, she might have been a little, you know, high society, but I felt like she's very vivacious. She's you know she's she's got personality. Um. I, I, that's one thing I like because I, I guess I expect with older films that they're going to establish these characters just like, oh, that's the jerk. We root against them because, you know, 1950s, I mean, this is a film that is celebrating having an affair, much like Sleepless in Seattle. It's celebrating like, hey, maybe you can find something better. But, uh, the, my favorite scene in the film is this flirty bit where they're finally getting off the, the ship and they both characters see their significant others. And then they see the other one sort of judging, like, like, oh, so that's, that's who you're with. That's, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's really funny, but it's like, you know, both of them at the same time are sizing up. And Cary Grant's got this uh, reaction where he looks at this guy who's like a tall, very fit, like, you know, Captain America looking guy, blonde guy. And he looks over at Deborah Kerr and then he just sort of like 
sort of nods and says like, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand. That's, it's, it's a hilarious scene. I'm sure if you can find it on YouTube, I mean, that, that scene alone is worth the watch. Yeah, we can't but play it on the it, show, obviously, because there's no dialogue. No, unfortunately, <laughs> there's, there's no dialogue. But the, what, what worked for me is when you zoom out and you see how close they actually are, and there's this, <laughs> this group of people in between them looking side to side, like they, the they know what's That's going us. on. Yeah, yeah we're, we're doing the exact hilarious. same thing. It's a great, uh, I, I didn't realize, um, that's something that, and I'm just going to go ahead and knock Sleepless in Seattle for this. As I said, it, it promotes an affair to remember as this great melodrama, which towards the third act it is, you know, when the, when their plan yes. doesn't work out, but it does not highlight how funny this is. This is like a true rom-com while well, they're on the ship. It's like, it's like a really cute movie, like them, like trying to hide from people taking pictures of them, the, the bit with the steps, like how they sort of try yes. to sneak, like, you know, a kiss is in there and they, they swim together. All of that, like, it could have been its own movie, really, without the melodrama. And so, uh, you know, did you, you really liked the movie, but did you, did you have something in you? Cause I did that where I kind of like didn't really like that there was tragedy that came. Cause I thought it was such a fun movie. That it, I mean, it takes a completely different turn with what happens to Deborah Kerr's character when she gets in an accident. It really does. And I wonder, because it's a product of its time, that the audience, you know, it was such a huge twist, you know, that uh, it, it's not something that has been done before. Uh, for us, I feel, you know, not that this is a uh, like a formulaic movie, but I, I think we're used to stuff like this, you know, where we see something for the first, you know, uh, two acts and then the third, it's a little bit different. I was fine with it, but I kind of agree with you. You know, I really enjoyed just their playfulness together, and that would have been fine as a movie on its own. And um, and we didn't need, you know, the what happens, you know, with, with the tragedy at the end. There, it's it's still good. You know, I still enjoyed it. Uh, for me, you know, it, it wraps up nicely as well. Um, but no, it, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean, but I'm still fine with the way it ended. Which is, it's different with Sleepless in Seattle because there's still a lot of comedy in this. Like Tom Hanks is very funny. Meg Ryan's very funny. Um, they're just not, they're not funny together. That's the weird thing. Usually right. a rom-com, you expect that you get humor from the couples, you know, whether they're falling in love, falling out of love, what have you. But since they're always apart, you have to rely on these, uh, secondary characters, the, the friends. So. Which Rob Reiner, yeah, O'Donnell, which, yeah. Which friend did you like more as far as, you know, bouncing? Cause it's the main characters have to sort of bounce relationship humor off of them. Which, which uh, supporting cast member did you like the best in Sleepless in Seattle? Ah, uh, that's, that's a tough one. Cause I think they were both great. Even the visit to, uh, Meg Ryan's brother, you know, the psychiatrist. I thought that was funny as well. But I, I, I feel like Rob Reiner might have had more funny lines, but Rosie O'Donnell had some really meaningful lines, you know, like, uh, the point where Meg Ryan calls her and she's like, do you think it's weird? And she's like, yeah, but it makes sense or something. Yeah. I forget the, the line, but you know, it was a great line, but I love the interaction between Rob Reiner and, uh, Tom Hanks, like when they're walking around the pier in, you know, downtown Seattle, uh, and having lunch together and the, the point where they're talking about looking at men's butts and Tom Hanks, like, well, what do you think of mine? And he looks at it. So I thought that was hilarious. Um, I mentioned on my review, I just love that tiramisu line. You know, Tom Hanks is like, well, what's a tiramisu? It's like, oh, you'll find out. A girl's going to want me to do that to her. I'm not going to know what it is. Like, I, I just love that. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe Rob Reiner just has a leg up just because uh, his lines were funnier. 
Rita Wilson for me. I can't get away from that, <laughs> that oh. breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great scene too, but I mean, it, it's Victor Garber, you know, who's like, oh, stop, stop, please, you know, when Tom Hanks is uh, talking about the Dirty Dozen, which I, I, I saw that in high school, but uh, I, I think that was pretty funny. You know, Tom Hanks just goes with like a, a war movie, you know. Victor Garber is the guy that I always, I always feel like needs to work more. Like whenever he pops up, I'm like, why is he not in more stuff? Like I, I always enjoyed Titanic. Him. Yeah, I mean that's you know he doesn't get much. There's not much uh, humorous material for him to work with in that, in that one. No, uh, he was on the on the Flash TV show as well. I don't know if he's still on there, but he had a stint. I always liked him in Alias. I don't know if you watched the Jennifer Garner show from the two thousands. He was very no. good in that. It was it was a good little spy show. Okay. Um. All right. Let's. Well, you know this since we're kind of on that that subject uh, right now as far as casting. Uh, I'm not going to replace Victor Garber, but if they were to remake this again. Who's our couple here? Who's our, who's our, and also, would you like it to be more like an affair to remember or something like Sleepless in Seattle where it's just inspired by that film or that concept? Uh, I, I think definitely an affair to remember. Um, I think it's time for, you know, a, a remake that will do it justice. Uh, but it's tough. It's tough because it, it's a rom-com. Um, and I'm not trying to knock rom-coms at all, but, uh, I, I feel a remake comes out and people are just going to dismiss it. But, um, the reason I want it done well is because I think this movie, An Affair to Remember, is really good. And though Sleepless in Seattle does, uh, you know, pay homage to it, you know, gives a lot of nods to the movie by playing clips, I don't think it does it justice enough that, uh, makes, you know, like, um, a, a new generation of people to go back and watch it. Uh, I did read a little fun tidbit that when Sleepless in, in Seattle came out, it actually, uh, made people go back out and buy, you know, the VHS tapes, uh, for an affair to remember and kind of brought it back out again. Uh, but this movie is definitely something that people need to check out if they haven't yet. Um, even I knew, like, the, 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 the spoiler at the end, just because of Sleepless in Seattle, I was still able to enjoy it. Um, casting for me, I, I took, I took it a couple different ways. Uh, I, I really love the, the character of Terry McKay. You know, she's very playful. Uh, she's, she, she's very witty. Um, this one was tough for me. Uh, so I have two different casts and I only did the two, the two main, the main people here, uh, for the role of Terry McKay, I was thinking, uh, Kate Winslet. Okay. And I, I kind of back on a boat. Okay. Yeah. Putting her back on the boat. <laughs> and I, I kind of did what you did by pairing her up with Leo again, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, you so got, this you time got that an expensive, uh, proper. You got a, <laughs> that's, that's a list material. I, I went far more indie. Um, okay. Have you seen a film came out a few years ago called obvious child with no, Jenny Slate? I think you'd like mm, it. Uh, I mean, it's very funny okay. rom-com. Uh, but, uh, she was on SNL for a couple seasons and, uh, also an actor who I don't know by name, um, Jake Lacey. He was on the, the office and he was in Miss Sloan with, uh, Jessica Chastain. We always mention okay. Jessica Chastain, but I'm not recasting mm. her because she's kind of off the, we, we can't use her that many times. Her and Emma Stone are no longer allowed. Um, but you know, with that comedic background, I think they could do a very good version of this, but I would flip it just in the sense that I would have poor Jake Lacey would be the one if tragedy befalls anyone. And I would have Jenny Slate, um, who an obvious child has a bit more of the quips, a bit more of like the, the sarcasm. So the more of the Cary Grant style, I would have Jenny Slate, uh, 
play the Cary Grant ish role and then Jake Lacey, um, playing Deborah Kerr. But, uh, that you should check that out because Obvious Child is very, very funny. It's one of my favorites or modern okay. uh, rom coms, but, uh, they had really good chemistry together and, uh, you know, boy, uh, mine doesn't hold a candle to yours where people are going to be paid $20 million or more. Uh, I think mine could be made for about 15 bucks an hour with Jake Lacey, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that would, that was the two. Cause I was trying to think of comedians, um, which is interesting. Cause I don't think I'm trying to remember like an affair to remember time. I don't think comedians got rom-coms. I don't even know if there was such a thing as like a rom-com then. I think they still had, you still had your Leos and stuff doing these, these supper roles. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think I wanted more comedian types cause as we talked about Tom Hanks, probably around this time period, um, Sleepless in Seattle was right before Philadelphia and Forrest Gump when he won his back-to-back Oscars. It would have been like the summer before mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So I, I was thinking more like, hey, let's get someone who's known for a comedy. And uh, clearly uh, you think that's a dumb idea because you went with uh, Leo DiCaprio you went <laughs> and Kate Winslet. Well, here's my, here's my other pairing. Uh, not quite as expensive and, um, you know – it's Hollywood for you, but I went, uh, a character, that, uh, I feel like an actor that we may have used before, uh, but I went with, um, the other casting would be Idris Elba. Who I use they, a lot. I can't use him anymore. Yeah. So. Carrie Grant role and also, um, Carrie Washington, uh, in the Terry That's McKay role. I, she, yeah, she has a lot of great, uh, facial reactions. You know, I used to watch Scandal and, uh, she does a lot of that on that show. Um, but I should have mentioned that they would using an office veteran. They had to have good facial reactions because that oh, was. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because that's all it was. Uh, but you know they would play those very same roles, but you know in spin of things that it would be Idris Elba actually get in the car accident. He can handle it. He's he's a, he's yeah, a big absolutely. guy. He could <laughs> he could still do it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably a good idea moving forward. You know. I don't think the Fair to Remember does this as far as the damsel in distress. And I guess that's one element that Sleepless in Seattle is pretty cool about is that, you know, the, the one then distress here is Tom Hanks. You know, he's the one that's mm-hmm. grieving and, uh, in a, you know, in a bad place and, uh, Meg Ryan saves him in, in some regard, I guess, but, or there's the hope that she will. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I don't know if I would necessarily want another movie where something bad happens to a woman and the, the man has to like, you know, be the caretaker going forward. I right. did like seeing Cary Grant basically being told how often that he's like a poor nobody, <laughs> like which is yeah. a weird for <laughs> weird role for him to be like. So what are you going to do with yourself now? Like I guess you're going to paint. Can you even paint? It's like it's not something we expect from like a movie star persona f- to see them like sort of struggling, unless they're like a struggling artist who like does great work. But what I really liked in this film is that for the most part until the very end. Even his like art dealer is like, eh, <laughs> you know, it's like, this one's really good. This one thing is really good. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, our picks are, are pretty solid, but, um, what, which ultimately, which one did you, do you prefer having seen both now? Uh, as far as the movie? Yeah. Just flat out. Just which movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And a fair to remember. Yeah, I kind of already teased it. Yeah. Early on. I, it, it was so fun. Like, uh, I, I do want to watch it again. It's a, it's two hours and it, it goes by pretty quick. You know, like I don't, I don't feel there's really quite a lull, and One, if, if there is, it's just there are two big lulls. They really? get these uh, when after post accident she takes the role, 
like teaching choir. Oh, these, yeah. There are two musical pieces of these kids. And I was looking at my wife. I was like clawing my eyes out. And I'm like, what is this? And she was just, I think she, that made it more funny for her because she knows how I feel about like kids and in particular kids on screen and then kids singing. And so she was laughing at me watching this, but it just, it brings the movie to just a standstill. And I'm like, where's Cary Grant? Like it's, get these kids. And I guess that's just, as you said earlier, there's a element where it's a product of its time where it's like, oh, we need to have a scene with just singing. We just need a full song. Uh, but they do it twice yeah. and good God, it's, it's so, it's bad. Some ugly yeah, kids it, too. It's <laughs> not cute kids. <laughs> the, the voices, you know, even. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're right about that. Um, I, I feel like it's because like at that time, you know, it's just a bad montage, right? Like they could have turned that into a really brief thing where it shows like a passage of time, but I guess that's, you know, maybe the director's choice. He's like, well, you know, we got to wait six months. Let's see what happens uh, in between. But yeah, you're right. That could have, you know, been it, cut down. Did you find it strange or surprising? Because I, I did that they make this pack for six months. I thought we were going to see more like Less Sleepless in Seattle, where it's like you see the characters sort of debating when or if they should tell the person they're with that they, they want to, they've fallen for someone else. Cause that's basically what Meg Ryan spends most of the movie up until like the very last minute. Like mm-hmm. it's like, she goes for like a buzzer beater, like <laughs> sign yeah. to get to the empire state building, which I, I felt bad for Pullman that she's like, Oh yeah, I'm breaking up with you. Cause I got to go over there to the empire state building. Very romantic. See, uh, yeah, we're going to do that now. So peace out. But in a fair to remember, Deborah Kerr doesn't hang on to it very long before she, she comes out with, uh, yeah, we need to, we got to end this because I've fallen for somebody else. And I, I thought that was going to go on longer. It's like pretty much like the next scene after we see them getting off the boat is like the first time she's like back home in her apartment. And I thought they would play the string out there. So this affair to remember has some curveballs that it definitely throws the audience. Oh, it does. Yeah. It, you're talking about the scene where her and Ken are watching TV and he figures and it out. Yeah. He figures it out. Like, did I miss something? Like, was there something about the six months that clued him in, you know, to, um, because he's like, Hey, let me ask you again, you know, about, about the, uh, uh, Cary Grant's character there, Nick, you know, like, let me ask you again. Did you, was he, uh, gosh, I forgot the, you know, the question that he actually asked, but it breaks her. Like she doesn't even want to answer. And that tells him exactly like, yeah, she had fallen for him, but did I miss something? Or was he just smart I, enough? I think, it, yeah, he's just smart enough to know that Cary Grant's like the most handsome man on the planet. So he's like, oh, you met him? Well, it's all over. <laughs> like, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and see, so he's, um, his version of uh, Walter, you, you know, you already mentioned the, uh, Nikki's fiance, but the, Ken, who is supposed to be like Walter, he is the nicest guy. He does no wrong to Terry McKay. After her accident, st- like still wants to be in her life, like still, you know, he, a lot of these characters in both films don't have any sort of like jealousy issues like you expect. I mean, would be a natural reaction. Like, Oh, you've fallen right. for someone else like that. It would be very upsetting and you'd understand being angry, but yeah, both the, both the, the, the men here are very understanding. Even, and then even Cary Grant's fiance like calls him back and is still like, Hey, we should, you know, let's try to work this out. Let's go out again, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. It was that the people did not act as I expected, like what I'm sort of programmed to expect from like romance films. And I really like that about both movies that I don't know if yeah. people had very sort of different reactions. I also like the scene where, you know, they do encounter one another at the show, you know, that was uh, played re- really well as well. And I, I guess maybe for that time they were alluding to that baby, you know, she couldn't walk. And um I like the reveal of the, uh the wheelchair, 
you know, and you, you can see how times have changed because now the handicap would be up front, not sitting uh, in, in the middle of everybody. But I, I do like that reveal where everybody gets up and then like the two still sitting uh, is Terry and Ken. And, um, you know, Cary Grant just gives a little hello. Is she, oh, she, that's, that's all she can say back. Yeah. Cold shoulder yeah. kind of type thing. He is hurt. Yeah. He is hurt. He got stood up. You know, he was there till midnight. So, um, are you a fan of, uh, the before trilogy? Have you seen that? Which is the greatest trilogy of all time? I have not seen it, oh, but I, you're breaking yeah. my heart right now. I, I, I've heard. Uh, very similar, uh, you know, not as much aping, uh, an affair to remember as Sleepless in Seattle where they directly reference it, but, um, that's what sets up the whole trilogy is this plan. These two people meet, they get off a train together and then decide, um, to meet up and they're, they're not going to do phone calls. They're not going to do any sort of email, mail, whatever. Um, because they don't want to like, they don't want to ruin this like special connection they had. And so the whole trilogy is about, you know, at the end of the first film, spoilers, the decision to whether or not they're going to meet again. And then they film a new movie every nine years and age the characters and the actors in real time. So you get to see Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy playing the same people. So the first one came out in 95, then 2004, then 2013. And hopefully there'll be another one. And it's just really cool to, to check in with the characters as you age to see like what happened to them. It's so, kind of like boyhood. Same director. So he's obviously, you know, he's, he's sort of obsessed with that. Richard Linklater is really obsessed with time and how it affects people. So yeah, if you're, if you're in the mood, I would say check out the uh, before series. I don't, they're, they're usually streaming someplace, but, uh, that would be my recommend. It is my, my favorite trilogy as of now. Uh, it, it's oh, okay. over Star Wars for me. So yeah. Hmm. I'll definitely check that out because, uh, I had no idea what that, um, uh, that, you know, the, the, the movies were about. I always found it interesting that I was like, wow, it's, it's been like almost 10 years and they're coming out with another one. So yep. like for me, it was kind of like, Oh, one of those like sequels that came out too long. So I had no idea. Yeah, I think if somebody explained that to me yeah. by the second movie, I probably would have checked it out. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a cool plan to, to be like, Hey, we're just going to reconvene and just see where these characters are every nine years. So yeah, very cool series and also a very good uh, romance series. So nice. Uh, okay. big recommend. Well, I guess we'll wrap this up. This is my transition to promote myself. Uh, hey, I do a romance uh, movie podcast called The Grand Gesture, and we've not talked about any of the before series uh, or An Affair to Remember or Sleepless in Seattle, but we do have an episode coming up on You've Got Mail. So if you like what you heard here, there will be one coming out in a week or so uh, whenever the post comes out for, for Tom Hanks. So you can uh, find that show on followingfilms.com, iTunes, or uh, follow me on social media at Grand Gesture Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. For me, I already mentioned it. Uh, I did uh, do a full review of Sleepless in Seattle uh, with guest host uh, Hannah from Film Roast. Uh, you can find me on all the uh, social medias, Instagram and Twitter, at Paul Stalgic. My show is obviously on Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, 2018 is going to be fun. You know, uh, for original remake, we got uh, a bunch of things lined up already. I already got Mike to agree to do a Twilight movie. So that's going to be uh, were, a lot of fun. There were a couple of text exchanges where uh, <laughs> I believe I dropped at least one F bomb, but you, you know, you sold yes. it. Okay. But yeah, that'll be come up. I think that'll be like right before Valentine's Day. That'll basically be our like well, Valentine's well, Day go. episode. Uh, I don't know if that's good for people or not, but I think the very next thing that people will actually hear um, is one I recorded with Andrew of AB Film Review on A Bigger Splash, which is a film that 
somewhat ties into Fifty Shades, which will be on that Twilight episode. And then it stars hmm. Dakota Johnson, and she comes in as somewhat of a homewrecker on this uh, vacation, this this island resort. So, um, yeah. Uh, check that one out. Hopefully you'll stick around. And as Peter said, you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to find us. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of cool episodes already planned for 2018. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys haven't done so, please consider leaving us a uh, a review. Uh, that really help out the visibility of the show. Um, if you guys have not yet, you know, hit us up on the uh, on the email originalremakepod at gmail dot com or even on Twitter. Let us know if there's any pairings you guys could think of and uh, shoot it our way. Also, let us know if you guys want to hear the original love affair and Warren Beatty's love affair sure. uh, as a bonus extra episode you know, yep. that may be kind of interesting twitter facebook so. and uh instagram well no not let me take that back twitter and instagram at original remake so just uh drop us on what do you want to hear Hey!